Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come, get settled beside the fire as we join a young woman whose path through life has recently taken rather a lot of sharp turns. When a package arrives for Clara Wilde all the way from Paris, she learns a little more about her lion-hearted grandmother, Eliza, and is comforted to find out that even her fearless grandma has doubted herself at times. As Eliza shares the tale that helped her to make peace with the thoughts that troubled her decades ago, young Clara learns that sometimes you don't need to confront your fears, you just need to count your blessings. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who keep this free content possible. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Before we begin with tonight's story, join me in taking a little time to wind down and relax from the day come to a comfortable position and let your eyes gently drift closed as you welcome a deep breath into your body through your nose and release a long lazy sigh out through your mouth breathe in and out Inhale and exhale. Let your breath wash ever so effortlessly in through your nose and out through your mouth tonight. As you inhale, feel yourself being drawn deeper and deeper into a state of relaxation 
exhaling, feel your out breath gently pushing the day away, creating more and more space between you and the thoughts and responsibilities that bind you in the daylight hours. Beyond the curtain of sleep, the noise and chaos of the day simply cannot reach you. With every breath you take tonight, the stress and strain of the waking world feels further and further away from you until you find that you can no longer hear, see, or sense it as you sink into relaxation and drift towards sleep. As you lie there, take a moment to think into the muscles in your neck and shoulders across your back and down into your abdomen. Send your attention into the muscles that knit your features together and the ones that animate your fingers and toes. On a deep breath in, gather up any remaining tension that has twisted itself into those muscles today. And as you exhale, release it all on the swelling tide of your breath. As you allow the last vestiges of the day to drain from your body and give yourself over to the growing weight of exhaustion Tonight's story can begin. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who keep this free content possible. On a frosty morning in February, a young woman called Clara Wilde answered a knock at her front door. The postman handed her a parcel wrapped in brown paper. A glance at the handwritten address caused joy to fill Clara's heart. The postman pointed to the distinctive signature on the corner of the parcel and said, Eliza Wilde, off on her travels again, is she? I don't know where your grandmother gets her energy from. Neither do I, Clara replied with a smile. She's unstoppable. Thank you for this. They said goodbye and Clara closed the door. She made a mug of tea and settled down in front of the cosy log fire in the living room with the parcel on her lap. Clara ran a hand over the perfectly wrapped package to savour the moments before opening it. 
there was the slightest hint of her grandmother's rose perfume coming from the paper, which brought many wonderful memories floating into Clara's mind. Taking her time, she carefully unwrapped the item to reveal a lilac-coloured box. Inside that was another box, this one covered in pale purple silk and fastened with a violet ribbon. A folded letter lay on top with a message for Clara to read it before opening the next box. Clara unfolded the letter and began to read. My darling Clara, bonjour from Paris. I feel so lucky to be back in this amazing city. Do you remember when we came here when you were 16? What an amazing time we had. That charming cafe with the fabulous hot chocolate is still here. That's the first place I went to when I arrived. My thoughts were full of you all the time I was in that delightful place, sipping my decadently rich chocolate. I went somewhere after my fortifying hot chocolate. A delightful boutique not far from that cafe. It's one I visited a long, long time ago. I bought you a very special present which is in the box, wrapped in silk. No peeking at it until you've read my letter. I know you're just as impatient as me, but bear with me. I have to tell you how I came upon that shop and how I met a woman who's left a lasting impression on me, Madame Devereux. First, how are you, my precious girl? Moving house, changing jobs, and leaving your familiar village behind is quite a challenge you've taken on. When we next speak, I want to know everything. Every little detail. And I know there's no point telling you not to worry about these changes in your life. Because worrying is something we're both guilty of. The story I'm going to tell you, and the gift I've sent, might help a little with your concerns. You know that I lived in Paris for a few months when I was a bit younger than you. But I've never given you the full details behind that journey. Not only did I leave my beloved parents behind, but I also left a job too. A job that I didn't even start. I'd got a position at a local solicitor's doing general office work. Everyone thought it was the perfect job for a young woman of my standing. 
whatever that meant. It sounded as dull as ditch water to me. As the starting day for that job got closer, my heart felt heavier and heavier. I just knew I couldn't face working there. But instead of doing the sensible thing and looking for a more suitable occupation, I withdrew my savings from the post office and bought myself a ticket to Paris on the next available ship. I won't go into details about the lecture I got from my parents when I told them of my plans. You have enough of a vivid imagination to picture how that conversation went. I do regret the hurt I caused my parents, but I couldn't see that at the time. I wanted an adventure and I was determined to have one. It was only foolhardy bravery and youthful ignorance which kept my spirits high as I sailed across the English Channel on the night ferry. I was still blissfully happy as I boarded the train to Paris hours later. Oh, the hustle and bustle when I first stepped off that train. The gloriously exuberant conversations coming from all around me were incomprehensible. I'd learnt French at school and considered myself fluent, but I couldn't understand one single word coming from anyone. As I walked along the streets of Paris, I had to keep checking my feet were still on the ground, because I felt like I was flying with the sheer joy of being in such a romantic city. Of course, it was the Eiffel Tower which caught my attention first. How could it not? Standing there so proud and tall, as if saying, yes, you're right, I am spectacular, you may gaze upon me. Other sights were just as magnificent. Can you remember when you first saw them too? The elegant Champs-Élysées leading to the arched beauty of the Arc de Triomphe. Elegant boats sailing leisurely along the blue expanse of the River Seine. The Gothic beauty of the Notre Dame Cathedral. It wasn't just the architecture of Paris which took my breath away. It was the people. I was in awe at how glamorous and self-assured they were, laughing so loudly 
holding hands freely and blatantly kissing each other right there on the street. I blushed so much when I first witnessed that. The Parisians were full of such joie de vivre and they didn't care what others thought of them. Isn't that a spectacular way to live? I have to be truthful here. Upon watching those confident people for a while, I began to consider myself extremely shabby and dull in my sensible tweed skirt and jacket. My well-worn brogues seemed suddenly too large and clumsy on my feet. I felt like such an imposter, as if I had no place in such a beautiful city. All of a sudden, some bothersome worries decided to float into my mind. They do that sometimes, don't they? With my head bowed and my eyes downcast, I shuffled my way to the hotel without meeting anyone's eye. So lost in my melancholy that I didn't notice a woman heading my way until I'd bumped right into her. I mumbled an apology and tried to walk around her but she put her hand gently on my arm to stop me. In a voice full of concern, she asked me why I looked so sad. Thankfully, her English was much better than my French. I raised my head and looked into the kindest eyes I'd ever seen. I guessed the woman to be around my mother's age, but her smooth complexion and air of compassion gave her an ageless look, as peculiar as that sounds. Her nipped-in jacket and skirt were elegant, and her hair was arranged in a sophisticated chignon. The most beautiful scarf was draped stylishly around her neck. It was awash with swirls and curls of pastel-hued colours. It looked like dozens of tiny rainbows had decided to gracefully repose on it. There was something so trustworthy about the woman that I told her how I didn't belong in such a beautiful city with such confident people and that I was heading back to England. She listened without saying a word. When I'd finished, she said, Before you go home, my English rose, I would like to tell you a story. Let me introduce myself. I'm Madame Devereux. May I take your name? Eliza Wilde 
I replied shyly. Then we shook hands in a most grown-up manner. Madame Devera asked me to accompany her to a cafe along the street, where she insisted on buying me lunch. We sat outside on wooden chairs and gazed at the River Seine whilst we sipped coffee and ate delicate pastries. When we'd finished eating, Madame Devera asked me if I'd heard the fable of the old woman and the seven worries. I admitted I hadn't, and so she relayed the tale to me. And now, my lovely Clara, I'm going to tell you this fable. A long time ago, there lived an old woman who had a cottage on the edge of a forest. She considered herself the most fortunate of people because she had been blessed with many good fortunes in her life. She awoke every day with a smile on her face and a heart full of joy. As she went about her day, she would often pause, lift her chin, and count her blessings. So content and cheerful was she that she spread happiness wherever she went. She cared deeply about her neighbours and friends and would go out of her way to help them. Nothing was too much trouble for her. People felt better about themselves just by being in her presence. Despite her peaceful mind, there came a day when tiresome thoughts got the better of her. It started one morning when the old woman was strolling through the forest. Out of nowhere, thoughts came to her about her seven daughters. Were they okay? She hadn't heard from them in a while. Why hadn't they been in touch? Her brow furrowed at those thoughts. Then her musings turned to her seven sons. Were they eating enough? They never took good enough care of themselves. More vexing thoughts tumbled into the woman's mind like a snowball rolling down a hill, collecting more and more snow as it went. It was disconcerting to have a mind full of worries about things which hadn't even happened. She gave a determined shrug as if she were flinging the thoughts off her shoulders. She lifted her chin and walked on and carried on her way. And yet, despite her determination to feel better, the thoughts wouldn't cease. The old woman knew she had to do something to stop them. She stopped walking and raised her face to the sky. One by one, she counted her blessings. 
she thought about her beloved seven daughters and her treasured seven sons, their beautiful faces and the sound of their laughter, how they'd felt in her arms when they were tiny babes, all the warm hugs and gentle kisses she'd given them. She brought to mind her seven acres of land and the carefree animals who lived on it, the rabbits hopping through the grass, the hedgehogs snuffling through the bushes, horses and deer wandering freely over the fields. Next, she considered how lucky she was to have so many dear friends nearby and thought about all the delightful memories and cherished celebrations they'd shared and the laughter. There had been a lot of that. Even when the grey clouds appeared in the sky and cold rain began to fall, the woman kept her face turned up as she recounted her numerous blessings. She decided to find a way to keep those blessings alive in her mind. An idea came to her, so she headed home immediately and found the beautiful silk scarf her eldest daughter had sent to her. After filling a small glass bottle with water, she placed the scarf on the kitchen table and smoothed it out. She lets her worries float naturally to the front of her mind. She dipped a pipette into the bottle and withdrew water into it. She proceeded to drop water onto the scarf. Each droplet represented a worry. One after the other, the water drops landed on the scarf. The woman ran out of worries before she ran out of water. Once her mind was empty of things that had never happened, she found six vials of her favourite coloured paint. She proceeded to cover the silk in many cheerful hues. The drops of colour on the scarf symbolised the many blessings in her life. Some of the colours ran into each other and caused new shades. It wasn't long before the scarf was covered in bright, swirling colours. The woman knew the worries were beneath the colours, but that didn't matter anymore because she wasn't giving them any attention. And in time, she completely forgot what those concerns were. But she never forgot her good fortunes because they were brightly represented on the silky material. Not a day went by when she didn't wear that beautiful scarf of blessings. Clara It was at this point that Madame Devereux stopped talking and unwound the garment from her neck. 
She held it up and explained how she'd made her own scarf of blessings years ago, as had many of her friends. She told me about a boutique where I could make my own scarf. She went on to say there wouldn't be a charge for it because the owner of the establishment was a descendant of the old woman from the fable, or so the locals claimed, and the owner always provided them free of charge to people who needed them. Well, you've admired my scarf many times over the years, and... Now you know where I got it from. I know it's seen better days, but I still feel a rush of gratitude for all the wonderful things in my life whenever I wear it. I've taken it on all the adventures I've been on. Let me tell you, Clara, it hasn't just been used as a scarf. Amongst many other things, I've used it to hold parts of a rickety car together, fastened it around my broken backpack when I climbed the Himalayas, and used it to flag down a ship the time I was stranded on an island in Indonesia. I shall tell you more about those trips in another letter. As soon as I'd finished talking to Madame Devereux that fine day in Paris, I called in at the boutique and had a delightful time making my scarf of many blessings. To be honest with you, by the time I arrived at that charming shop, my mind was almost free of worries, but one or two remained stubbornly in my mind. Once inside that shop, I chose the brightest shades I could find to decorate my scarf. You know how I like my bright colours. With each drop of colour, I began to count the good things in my life. I had so many, and as I thought about them, more and more appeared in my mind. It wasn't long before I felt braver and more confident. I felt like I could tackle anything. I was certain I was suddenly inches taller, or it seemed that way to me. Sure, I was in a strange city where I could barely understand the locals, but that wasn't going to stop me having an adventure. No way. I stayed in Paris for a couple of months. I had one amazing experience after the other. I soon became fluent in French, so much so that I could even sing in that romantic language. I'm not sure the Parisians appreciated my singing voice, but they were too polite to ever say anything to me. It wasn't long before I confidently wandered the streets and discovered some splendid shops and restaurants. I even danced along the river banks of the Seine, with only the moon and stars to light my way. You may be wondering who I danced with, 
I'm smiling now as I write this. Clara, I danced by myself. My heart was full of such joy and love that the only way I could express it was by dancing. The Parisians most likely considered me a little crazy, but I didn't care. I had the time of my life in Paris and met lots of amazing people who became lifelong friends. I'll share more of my adventures with you in future letters, as I'm sure you're keen to open the package now and see what's inside. Although, I'm sure you've already guessed what it is. Am I right? For now, my darling granddaughter, I shall say goodbye. I'll write again soon. Clara smiled at the letter and placed it to one side, knowing she would read it many more times. But her grandmother was right. She was keen to open the package from Paris. She unwrapped the pale purple silk to reveal a cream-colored box. Inside the box, Clara found an exquisite silk scarf, which was as white as freshly fallen snow. Seven miniature bottles were nestled between the folds of the fabric. She picked one up and saw it was full of a clear liquid, which she assumed to be water. A postcard was peeping out from beneath the scarf. Clara pulled it free and smiled at the iconic image of the Eiffel Tower. Turning it over, she read more of her grandmother's words. My dearest Clara, you can now make your own scarf of many blessings. Start with those troublesome worries and let them fade into the fabric and be forgotten. Then have fun with the colors. Remember, my darling, that even on the grayest days, you can lift your face to the sky and recall your good fortune. May your heart be full of love. May your footsteps be as light as wishes. May your eyes twinkle with dreams yet to come true. My love to you. Always. Grandmother. Grandmother.